Hi, everybody, and welcome to Invested. I'm Danielle Town. My dad and I got to interview Jack Canfield recently, who you know from Chicken Soup for the Soul series, from the great book The Success Principles, and from TV. He's been on Oprah and pretty much every other TV show that you know. And now he's on Invested, and this is part two of our interview with Jack Canfield. Enjoy. So how... How do you feel about connecting your values to what you're doing with your money? How do you feel about that? Well, I th- for me, it's important. For me, I don't invest in things that I don't support. So I don't invest in building armaments. I don't invest in I don't invest in oil anymore. And there's a lot of money to be made there, but I don't do it. I really I've invested in companies that do solar. Uh, a lot of my money now is in private equity. Um, that's building you know, livable properties for people to live in Brazil and places like that and um, and some other things, you know, where there's there's companies that where people have been, they've won a lawsuit, but they're not going to get paid for two years. So basically they're going to pay the people in advance right. and they're going to pay a little bit of interest to get it now instead of later. Right. And, and I feel that's good because it's helping people who usually have been injured. That's why they did a lawsuit in the first place. Yep. So um, I think very strongly about what I invest in. Um, and I want it to be a company that, that's good, that works, that, that's got all the proper you know, um, uh, features to it, uh, so I know it's a, a good investment. But for me, I don't want to be, I wouldn't invest in Coke for that reason. You know, I think Coke is doing the intelligent thing. They're buying up water companies and juice companies and things like that, so they're, they're, they realize that that brand could go down over time as more, and pe- more people say you shouldn't drink sugar water. Um, but... Uh, that it's it's still at a place where there's too much of that going on and childhood obesity and brain damage and Alzheimer's and a lot of things that can be related to sugar. I don't want to support that. I'm just wondering if there's some kind of connection between this idea that the universe is coming along to support you in certain kinds of ways and you aligning yourself in what you think is a good direction. Yeah, I think everyone has different values and you have, I'm not saying your values should be my values, but basically, you know, you, I think if you want to sleep at night, uh, for me, because um, I care about the impact of my money, it, it, you know, I saw something the other day. It says if 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 violence is happening and you're not trying to stop it, you're part of the violence. You know, so if you're not voting for gun control for people that shouldn't have 23 guns and are insane, uh, like what just happened in Vegas, yeah. you, you have to take some of the responsibility for that. Yeah. Most of us put our head in the sand. We don't want to do that. So um, for me. I try to live an ethical, responsible life, and that's my value. Someone that, you know, we just see our country is very divided right now. It's almost 50-50, you know, Republicans, Democrats, liberals, uh, conservatives. And so you have to live with your values. I, I like to think my values are better than some other people's values, <laughs> but I don't ever try to, you have, know, force them you, on anybody. Have you dealt with how how you decide what your values are and how to help other people figure out what do you believe in? What, mm-hmm. what is important? Like, where do you draw the line? Like, where do you, yeah, where are you drawing your lines in your life? Yeah. How do you do that? Well, one of the great value clar- clarifiers is to take all your check, take your checkbook stub, you know, your checkbook uh, register, and then put a value next to everything you spent that on money. Like, you know, did you, is it, is it, I mean, a lot of people spend a lot of money on sex. That's okay. But, you know, that if, if you're spending more money on that than you are on education for your children or something, that, that tells you what you're valuing more of. So just to look at where do you spend your time, where do you spend your money? And then where, and, and that, those are the two big things. 
for me, because I meditate and have done a lot of spiritual work on myself, love, joy, compassion, you know, like I contribute money to, you know, um, Doctors Without Borders and to Amnesty International and to people that do the cleft lip operations, SAVA, which mm, takes, Smile. you know, yeah. Operation Smile and the operations yeah. that get rid of the cataracts so people can actually go back to work again. I like to do things that have an empowerment, microloans in Africa and even in America, you know, um, where a little bit of money creates independence and people can go and, and do that. I was a big, the Grameen Bank, that whole thing that yeah. I started, I was big in supporting that. Um, but, you know, other people value sports more than they value, you know, education. So they're going to spend their money on going to football games and buying sports memorabilia and, you know, whatever. And that's okay because I like sports. I like to watch a football game on Sunday. If there's no one into it, it would never happen. So even though there's all the concussions that occur, um, <laughs> you know, um, we didn't let our kids play football because we knew that. Even though I played football and was very good at it, played rugby and just not what I value anymore. But I think the yeah. first step there is to be conscious. You got to be conscious. Notice what you're spending yeah. your money on. Notice what you're putting your time into. Right. Notice it on a larger scale. Notice it on a smaller scale. What companies are you actually buying things from? Right. And then once you've got all that information, I think then maybe you can draw the line that right. you were talking That's, about. Because values are kind of what you do. They're not. Right. They're not what you say. You this do. is very right. true. That's Good very point. true. I just saw. I've been looking a lot on the internet for quotes for something I'm writing right now. And there was a quote about that, values, and they were talking about, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not interested in what you say, I'm not interested in what you write, I'm interested in what you do, because what you do, your actions are your real values. Yeah. We just saw, just um, this week, uh, a congressman who is a conservative, who is anti-abortion, and we now know he told one of his girlfriends when she got pregnant, get an abortion. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. you know, we, yeah. we, we see that all the time where we see the public persona, and then what people really do. Yeah. And so your values are what you really do. You can go online. There are all kinds of values inventories you can take. Would you, Given these three options, which one would you pick? And you go through those, and at the end, it tells you what your values are. Man, I'd love to see us invest 85% of the money in that. I mean, can you imagine if $18 trillion started going into the directions people truly wanted to see for their children in 20 years? Sure. That would change so many things so quickly. Sure, it's amazing. And there, you can go online, and, and there are there are guides you can download to tell you what companies are ecologically sustainable, what companies are not uh, abusing their workers overseas. What com- you know, so there, it's not impossible to do. It's just a matter of being willing to do it and making a commitment to do it. Yeah. So what I hear you saying is, ask the universe, but also ask specifically people in your life. Yes for what you want, put just basically put, put it out there, is what you're saying. Yep. That's one way to break through the fear. Right. And then visualize and be really specific right. about what you want. Mm-hmm. Know the details, like right. how much a slip costs for your right. yacht. <laughs> and then that tension between what's real and what's visualized is going to get uncomfortable enough that we're going to start taking action, maybe even without even realizing it, just by being aware. Exactly. exactly. And that's how you sort of get through that initial fear of starting, of getting going, right. of right. of taking action. I find that really useful. I think the last thing which I find really useful is that once you've made a rational choice to do something, so in our situation it would be, I like company X, I have done all the research, I have inverted the story, I have checked it backwards and forwards, and I want to buy it. Mm-hmm. And I'm freaking terrified. Right. <laughs> so you're saying it's okay 
to feel uncomfortable in that moment. Yeah, I mean, one of the chapters of my books, the subtitle is Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Yeah. In other words, if you learn to dive off a diving board, which I did as a kid, I don't know any child who got up there and you're three feet above the water and then there's the six feet down to the bottom of the pool and you're five feet tall, so you're dealing with like, you know, 14 or 15 feet of fear here, um, who looked at their father or their mother and said, you know, I have a fear of jumping into liquids for my places. I want to go see a therapist, get over this fear, and when it's all done, I'll come back and dive. None of us ever did that. We felt the fear, and we dived anyway. Mm-hmm. Unless we did a terrible belly flop that stung like hell, we got up again, and we did it, and did it, and did it, and then pretty soon we're bomb diving everybody, and we're having a good time. Yeah. So feel the fear and do it anyway. But there's one other thing I would say that's so important. When that fear shows up, there's a new technology that's so powerful and so simple. It's called EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique, otherwise known as tapping. Hmm. And we can tap on nine acupuncture points on our body, starting with our head, between the eye, side of the eye, under the eye, under the nose, chin, collarbone point, under the arm. And what happens is that we focus on the fear. I'm feeling this fear, this fear of pulling the trigger, this fear of you know pushing the button and making that, that purchase then just tap on this fear of making that purchase, this fear of making that purchase. Now, you can go online, and there's a million, I mean, not a million, there's probably 5,000 videos on YouTube that'll show you how to tap. You can tap along with it. You just Google EFT? You Google, well, you go to to, uh, YouTube. Yeah. And then put EFT, and then the word tapping. Okay. Um, If you just put tapping, there's an actress named Eleanor Tapping or something like that. She'll come (laughs) up first. Um, But there are literally hundreds and hundreds of videos. I have a book called Tapping into Ultimate Success, Mm -hmm. where every success principle in my book, there's a tapping technique for whatever comes up that would get you to stop doing it. Fear of taking action, the voice of your inner critic, how do you silence that? There's a whole whole set of of, um, protocols. But it's, you'll see people in the airport now before they get on a plane, like doing little tapping oh. things. And uh, you can disappear any phobia in five minutes or less, any fear that's not a phobia in less than that. Um, and it literally disappears. And because you measure it, how bad on a scale of one to 10, you said, I'm really feeling it, I'm freaking out, they're really gonna buy this thing. Yeah. And you do that for two or three minutes and all of a sudden you, you can't find it. You're looking for it, where'd it go? And now, when that's gone, your energy goes from the amygdala, which is the back part of your brain, into your forebrain, which is where you make executive intelligent decisions. It's also where your third eye is located. So it's the spiritual tapped-in intuition part of yourself. And now you'll make a rational, good, intuitively supported decision Mm -hmm. rather than being in the amygdala, which is where you are when you're in fear. And that gets you back into making decisions of either fight or flight or freeze. And it's usually freeze when it's a buying decision. Because sometimes the fear is real. Sometimes the fear is actually really important. Sometimes the rope is a snake. And you have to be able to distinguish between those I know, things. But when so you're I think the, what you're saying is, yeah. is come from that rational Yeah, when you're place. in the amygdala, it can still look like a snake. Exactly. When you're in the prefrontal cortex, it's it's a rope. You yeah. know? Or it is a snake. And you, you, I just did a thing in Arizona where we walked up to a rattlesnake and had to reroute ourselves. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it is a real snake. <laughs> And then you move and change what you do. Yeah, doing. you do. You do. And, and, you know, obviously there are some things in the world to be concerned about. I mean, fear, sometimes if you hear footsteps walking faster, getting closer to you in an alley in New York, you might want to turn around and look who's there and maybe walk a little faster yourself. But nine times out of ten, we're scaring ourselves by imagining negative outcomes. Fear 
F-E-A-R, fantasized experiences appearing real. We can't tell the difference between them. Mm. If I asked you to close your eyes and imagine you were on a, to a ledge 127 stories up on the Burj Khalifa in, in Dubai and you're looking down, almost everyone, their, their hands sweat, their heart beats faster, their, you know, everything is... And yet, where were you really standing here? And so the fear is imagining falling off, even not even being on the ledge. That's a future thing that hasn't happened. Take that same function called fantasy and visualize the outcome you want instead of the other one. Or don't visualize anything, which is what the Buddhist meditation thing would be about. Just become present with what is, which is nothing bad's happening. Even if someone has a gun to your head, you have to imagine them pulling the trigger before there's anything to be afraid of, mm. right? So we're always in the future. When I'm in the present, the present's usually a pretty good place to be because there's nothing bad going on nine times out of 10. And if there is, you'll have evidence, your gut feeling, which you can learn to trust because you're no longer in fear. And we all have to learn to trust that gut feeling. Eventually, you know, you have a combination of your all this data you collect, and then if something in you just continually says no after a lot of experience because you've got a, what I call an educated intuition, then you back off. I love that. It's the difference. It's the distinguishing between your real intuition and that that uh, fight or flight response, yes. the one that is actually telling yeah. you information that isn't isn't in reality. Right, and it's usually being activated by some childhood memory that you're not even aware of. That's true. Where you lost something, you mm -hmm. looked foolish. Like we had a guy we were tapping with, and we made a video once, and he was um, there was a recession happened, and he lost his house, and he, the feeling he had was huge shame that he had done that to his family, you know, that, that they had not a place to live, that all their wealth got... It's a huge, huge thing. We, yeah. we have a friend of ours that killed himself over that. Yeah. yeah. And so if you've had that experience and now you're up against buying another house, you know, and, and now you've got a whole bunch of other memories in there that, that are, are getting in the way of just being present in this moment, mm -hmm. you know, and you start developing hypervigilance and paranoia. And so that that's those are never good places to be when you're trying to make decisions. Yeah. So, so have you guys done anything on tapping with um, with soldiers that are coming back? Absolutely. What's yeah, it can be used for PS PTSD very, very successfully. Same thing with meditation at all? Yeah, yeah med meditation, tapping. There's a number of different things that have been proven successful uh, with PTSD. But again, it, you, what you have is a system... You've seen these gymnasiums where they put up like, you know, 10,000 dominoes and then they hit one mm, and they go yeah. down and now they all they, they do all kinds of crazy fun things. And so imagine we hit a domino, which is like all of a sudden you hear a loud noise and it reminds you of being in Iraq. Um, but what we can do is we're taking out a domino here in the middle. So it just flops over. Nothing else happens. So the trigger does no longer produces the sweaty palms, the inability to act, the dry mouth, whatever it is. Um, so you're basically reprogramming the mind to not go there, if you will. That's one method. That's one way to describe it. The other is that you're all these acupuncture meridians, especially the ones related to fear, which has to do with the kidney. Um, that's why we pee our pants when we get afraid. Mm. Um, is 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 it, there's energy stuck there? And what we do with tapping, we, re, we we that's why they put needles in acupuncture. Is it breaks up the blockage? So now energy flows the way it's supposed to, and you're back in harmony, and you're back in balance. And um, so we're getting, again, the energy out of the amygdala up into the, the prefrontal cortex. Man. And it's so simple to learn. Man, that is such a fast technique. 
Yeah. I mean, literally, I take 600 people in a workshop and I ask everyone, think of something you're afraid to do, some anxiety, some fear, some phobia. I mean, people, real phobias, people that took the train or my seminar because they couldn't fly. And within five to 10 minutes, we take everyone from like a level 10 of fear or eight, whatever they start at, down to zero. And it doesn't come back. Like I just was in Seattle running a one-day workshop and one of the people came there was a woman named C.K. Brown from Seattle area. And she had a fear of singing in public. She's a really good singer. Kind of sings in the bath, you know, in the shower because you get that electrical guitar effect. If you've ever played a guitar, <laughs> you know that. Because <laughs> I have. And um, she, But she couldn't sing in front of people. So we got her up on stage. We did tapping for about two and a half minutes, three minutes. She sat, turned around, played a guitar, sang. She now has two albums. And she plays all over wow. the Northwest. That's incredible. Yeah. We should try this. Yeah. I yeah. think all of us should What try you want to say is that's credible. That's credible. <laughs> <laughs> that's credible. Yeah, it is. <laughs> There's so much here. Oh man. How do how do we come find more from you? How what's the best way for people to take take classes from you and learn from you? Well, my website's simple, jackcanfield.com, C A N F I E L dot com. And um, there are, we have online courses, uh, Breakthrough to Success online. We have a train-the-trainer where we train people to teach all this stuff. My goal is to have one million people teaching this around the world by the year 2030. We now have people in 91 countries certified to teach th this work. And um, we also have shorter courses. You can buy one called uh, Your Extraordinary Life Program. It's a 10-week course. We also have a free 10-week, 10-day uh, transformation. People go there to jackhanfield.com and just... Uh, You'll see buttons, and one of them will say 10-day transformation. And it'll, you'll, it'll send you a little, uh, just about a three- to four-minute video every day for 10 days where we'll take the top 10 principles. There's a system that, that, that goes from clarifying your purpose, taking 100% responsibility, clarify your vision, turn it into goals, create an affirmation, create a visualization, create a plan, take action, respond to feedback, persevere. Whoa. That's all you need to do <laughs> to be successful. But oh, that's all you need to do. You get 10 days to, to, to really integrate that. If you, do, you get 10 days. But you can do it's it good. every other day for 20 days or every third day for 30 days, whatever it takes to integrate it. Uh, but, but I had a guy come up to me the other day, um, and he said, actually, I'm writing a book called Living the Success Principles. This is a guy, he's a financial uh, planner, and he's an engineer, top of his class, all that kind of stuff, and he's got a company that he does. He goes into like law firms and stuff and teaches them how to you know, sell partnerships and do tax things that really work. He's brilliant. And he wasn't doing as well two years ago, and his, he wrote an art, a, a chapter for my book, which I just got last night, which is why it's fresh in mind, says, how a free seminar turned me into a, a million dollar a year earner. And um, so that's what the 10 day um, the, uh, transformation Fantastic place to start. People. Well, yeah. the success principles is an extraordinary book. Yeah. I know everybody yeah. else thinks that as well, but yeah. I'll add my voice to Thank it. Thank you. And um, and you recently came out with a tenth anniversary edition. Edition, yeah. The first one, the first. Here's why: the first one we did was all the examples I used were people like Bill Gates and Michael Dell and Steve Jobs and you know people that everyone knew. Thinking, well, these are the principles they live by. Therefore, you're going to be impressed because they're successful. And but a lot of feedback I got was, well, they're a different DNA. They're not normal. <laughs> I'm a I'm a plumber. I'm a teacher. Yeah. So. After 10 years of getting feedback from people of how these principles had worked, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories, most of the 10th anniversary edition, in addition to having three new principles, also, and we have a chapter on leadership, we have a chapter on, on, on the importance of meditation and so forth, 
But what we now have is most of the stories in the book are people who read the first book, applied the principles, and actually radically transformed their life. So now it's much more believable to the average person that they can do that. Yeah. And um, so it's got 10 years of updated data and research and oh, that's cool. all of that. So I, I would recommend, you know, I don't need to sell another book. As you can see, I live very well. We're recording this in my home. <laughs> but the reality is that I want, uh, if I had the money, I would give everyone a free book. You know, maybe someday I'll accomplish that. Yeah. Um, but that's, the book it will, is transformational. What are you working on right now? What's, what's, the, what's the next thing? Uh, Getting more people into our train the trainer program, that's really what I care about the most right now. And now we, we can do it online as well as live. Uh, we were in the Gulf doing workshops, and everyone said, I can't come to America for three weeks. can't afford the plane fare. can't get the visas right now. So we recorded a whole year's training program, edited into a 40-hour course online, certified. You get certified when you complete it. And uh, so basically marketing that. We're working with a company called Training Industry uh, Inc. down in um, – Raleigh, North Carolina, who work with Fortune 500 companies, and uh, they are the ones who kind of vet the training com the trainings that they and they recommend to the companies which ones they should get. You know, like Covey's Seven Habits training and things like that. And we're now retooling one of our programs so it's more corporate, and they think we're going to sell you know hundreds of thousands of units. So. You go into a company like Microsoft, who has like, I forget, I think like 25,000 people around the world or something like that, and you could get a contract to train 25,000 people online, and then maybe they're paying 500 bucks a person, you just made, you know, $12 million. So it's not the money so much, it's the impact I care about. I love the money. The money's great. I'm not going <laughs> to deny that. But that's not what drives me. It's the why of, of you know, empowering and inspiring people to live their highest vision. And so... Getting that program done, doing that, and then finally I'm working on a book that's about uh, living your life from a place of love rather than fear. Every choice you make, mm -hmm. you're either making out of love for yourself, for the environment, like you talked about value-driven decisions. Right. Uh, you talked about fear, afraid to make the, pull the trigger, yeah. afraid, to, afraid to let go, um, or love, love for yourself, love for the planet, love for your family, you mm -hmm. know, whatever. And when we make decisions based on love, we get really great outcomes. We make decisions based on fear, as we see our America is right now very fear-based. Um, we see all the problems that come from that. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. This has been a pleasure. We could, we could stay here all day, but I imagine you probably have a few other things you need to be doing. <laughs> I'm, I, I would love to do this again. I, I got so much out of just this last few minutes talking yeah. with you. It's so huge, what you know. Well, anytime. Yeah, we'd love to do more. So I guess that's we should wrap Can this up. Can I make up. a last comment? Yeah. You know how you always tell me to read annual reports? Mm -hmm. So we're sitting in Jack's gorgeous library slash office, and there are books everywhere, including piled up on the table. And one thing you say is leaders are readers. Leaders are readers. Uh, I saw this really interesting quote. You'll love this because you're, you're writing books and you've so written books. So he agrees books. with you. That's it says, yeah, I totally agree with that. <laughs> In poor homes, you'll find a television set. In rich people's homes, you'll find a library. Uh -huh. In the wealthiest people's homes, you'll find people who wrote books that are in those libraries. <laughs> <laughs> when we were touring your house, we, you have two big rooms full of books. Yeah. I mean, you're an incredibly voracious I, reader. I had to add it up once for my divorce, which was 20 years ago. At that time, I owned 3,000 books, so it's probably up to... Five or six now, Incredible. and I've read probably eighty percent of them. Charlie Munger says that it, it, that every good investor that he knows 
is a reader. Yeah. You have to read. You have to be interested in the world. You have to be aware of what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. It helps make your judgments stronger. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, just everything I've read of yours is phenomenal. Thank you. All the way back to the first Chicken Soup book. And I mean, I've been a huge fan for a long, long, long time. And I think a lot of what I've been able to do in my life from these last 30 years is in part due to the things you've taught and that I've read. And the success principles is a compilation of those principles. You guys got to go read success principles. Get that one for sure. Go to jackcanfield.com. Click on that button that says 10, is it, what does it say? It says 10-day transformation. 10-day transformation. Right. And do it. I'm going to yeah. go do it. Good. Because I, I'll tell you, we always are growing and we're always reaching to be more of who yeah. we can be. Yeah. Time is precious in our life. Jack and I both know that. We're getting up there a little bit. And we're thinking, okay, what can I really do in my life? And you guys should be thinking the same thing wherever you are in your life. What can I do with this precious gift I've got? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Michael Beckwith says that evolution of consciousness is occurring through you as you. So when you are in fear, you're not doing the thing that you're inspired to do because you're, you were inspired to sell that stock. You were inspired to write this book, you know, invested and so forth. So the reality is that it, when we don't do that, you deprive all the people that could learn from your book. You deprive all the people that can learn from your seminars. I deprive all the people that can learn from me when I'm afraid. And sometimes the most important thing you can do is let go of what brought you here. Because as Marshall Goldsmith says, what got you here may not get you there. <laughs> and so what you have to do sometimes is let go of people, books, ideas, jobs you've been doing, things that are working to go to the place that's higher. And that's always scary. It's like letting go of the trapeze bar to turn around and trust that other bar is going to be there that the guy started on the other side. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you, I have um, changed direction in my life four major times. And every time it was scary, every time I chose to do it, and every time it turned out to be an amazing blessing. Jack Canfield, the best coach in the world. Thank you, Jack. My so pleasure. much for being Thank here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Time to go play. Okay. Let's thanks, do everybody. Bye. 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 Hey, thanks for listening to Invested, the Rule One podcast. If you like this episode, you can always get our show notes and more details and links to the resources we discussed at investedpodcast.com. Also, as long as you're online, head on over to investedpodcast.com slash workshop for details on an upcoming three-day live workshop that I'm hosting. All you got to do is enter the special podcast code STOCKPILE, that's S-T-O-C-K-P-I-L-E, STOCKPILE, into the application form, and you guys can attend for free. So everything discussed on this show is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion, and it is not to be taken as investment advice because I am not your investment advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary? This podcast is for your entertainment and education only, and I really do hope you've enjoyed it. So until next week, it's time to go play. See ya.